today on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, it is finally time. We are talking the show of shows, the granddaddy of them all, Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor 12. WrestleMania, we're talking about it. We got Brian here. We got a couple of Brian's here. Plus your promo about nothing and so much more. But first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 103, presented by BDARadio.com. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars, Ring of Honor wrestler, the immovable force, maybe. Irresistible force. The irresistible force, the immovable object. He's uh, tired. He's worn out. He's the kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm annoyed you can't get this uh, introduction straight here. What do you mean? It's going to sound perfect in editing. You would think you're the one that... Is on no sleep. No sleep. You're on no sleep. <laughs> you have uh, just flown in overnight. Yes. From Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor. Yes. We had a nice sh- little showing for yourself. Indeed. And uh, you are here. We are about to watch WrestleMania. We're doing this before the show because you've told me explicitly you are not staying after WrestleMania to do I a podcast. I am not staying after WrestleMania, Mike. I have had a hell of a weekend. I am very tired. I uh, I got to keep up the tradition, though, of getting together with all uh, all of our buddies and and watching WrestleMania, but uh, yeah, I'm not staying up to like two in the morning tonight, man. I, I'm literally on. When I say I'm on no sleep, I had a two about a two hour nap on my sister's couch during Greek Easter today. That's all I've slept. <laughs> That's all I've. And then I got in at one a.m. Saturday Saturday night. I was I I did fall asleep for two hours on my flight from Orlando to New Orleans, which kept me wired till about three in the morning, and then I was up at eight and had to be at the arena for eleven on Sunday or Saturday. So. Well, that sounds like you had a nice little weekend for yourself. It was a fantastic weekend. I loved it. I'm just tired. <laughs> right. And you got out to see the sights of New Orleans? I did not at all. Because <laughs> so of, the inside of your hotel room. Yeah. And, and I don't know if we want to get into it here or maybe save it for next week when we can go into great detail. But Southwest Airlines screwed up uh, my plans very, very badly. They can suck a fat one. Wow. <laughs> yes, we will talk in depth with the Kingpin Brian Malotis next week about his entire experience going down there to New Orleans for a Ring of Honor's Supercard of Honor. And okay, uh, this will be it. We'll keep it short. Kingpin, we'll get back to the couch. We'll watch WrestleMania and we'll come back after the show. But in just a moment, if you're listening on the podcast, you will hear us talking about WrestleMania, the show of shows with uh, a different Brian, right? Yes, indeed. Well, good, good luck to you, Mike. I'm sure it'll be a, a great episode as always, and uh, I'll listen tomorrow and let you know what I think. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna go try. To, yeah, I'm gonna go try to not <laughs> not fall asleep during this uh, near seven hours of wrestling we're gonna watch. Well, thanks for checking in with us, pal. No problem, buddy. See you next time. Well, some seven seven and a half hours later, here we are. Uh, here I am, and I'm with a different Brian. This is the head trainer. Of the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, the owner of Chaotic Wrestling, the trainer of Sasha Banks, of Donovan slash Chris Dijak, of Biff Busick, of many more on their way up. He is Brian Fury. Hello, sir. Hello. I was also the host 
of the WrestleMania festivities this evening. You sure were, and uh, thank you very much for lending your facilities for this podcast recording. It's a, it's a WrestleMania tradition. It sure is. And let's talk about how much Brian Malonis did not want to record what I recorded with him a little while ago. He was so tired, grumpy, and miserable, did not want to get up off of his seat on the couch right next to me to go record the open for this at all. But uh, I wanted the people to get a little something from Brian Malonis. Right. They come to expect that every week. This is his podcast. Sure. He should do the open if he's able to do it. Yeah, so he did, and he didn't even get a chance. He didn't even get a chance to get out his plugs. Oh, brother! Don't know where he's wrestling. I know he's wrestling this coming Friday, right? Yes, chaotic wrestling. Yes, in Danvers, Massachusetts. Danvers, Massachusetts. And he didn't say BrianMalonis.com where you can get his T-shirts. No, he did not. But I'm very nice, and I do that for him. I'm doing it right now. Yeah, I am. And uh, thewpan.com. That is our website where you can find more about the wrestling podcast about nothing. And of course, between podcasts, we're on the Putting Over Podcasts Facebook group. Just look up Putting Over Podcasts on Facebook. Put that in the search bar and come and join us over there and talk about all wrestling podcasts. But we're going to talk about the biggest thing in wrestling, what all the podcasts are talking about. The granddaddy of them all. Yes. that the is showcase of the immortals. That's the one. I don't know if I have any others. No, I think that's it. WrestleMania, folks. WrestleMania 34, in fact. They don't number them anymore. No, but we know. Right. We know. We're in the know. So it is New Orleans, Louisiana, of course. The Superdome, not the Silverdome. Correct. And uh, it started about 5 o'clock, the pre-show, correct? And you were here on time. Thank you. Unreal. I was. I was very surprised. What's wrong? It's one of the start eating the snacks that we had. (laughs) Yeah, there's lots to eat. I'm really going to start a diet tomorrow. Dip, I have to. You dip right into the chips. I have to. Moved along to some crackers, some scobasso, uh, some rice, ordered some Chinese food with Ray. Yeah. Got it all done. Cookie bars. Oh, my God. Very nice. All right. Enough of the uh, pleasantries. Cadbury eggs? Uh, well, there's always there's never too much of the many eggs. Uh, but what do you think overall of WrestleMania 34? I think overall this was a fantastic show. I mean, there's very fun, very enjoyable, a lot of great matches. Again, same thing as last year. Maybe the biggest drawback is the length of the show. Right. It's a lot. It is a lot. And you can hear it in the crowd. Those last couple of matches, um, they're, they're, they're starting to show how tired they are and starting to have a lot less life. Right. So let's talk about the first couple of matches that I didn't right. quite take notes for. You kind of reprimanded me for that. Lambasted you. You did yes. lambaste or lambast, whichever one is the correct <laughs> way to say that. It started off with the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, and uh, Bray Wyatt showed up. He did. And no one knew, at least <laughs> Jim Ross didn't, whether he was a part of the match or not. It was a great moment here in the household when <laughs> it came down to Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt, and we go... So is he officially in this now or what? And then they just rang the bell and announced <laughs> Matt Hardy as the winner. It was very awkward. Uh, yes, nobody knew, including the people <laughs> ringing the bell. Not one bit. So Br- Bray Wyatt went into the, what is it, the Sea of... Uh, the Lake of Resurrection, thank I believe you. is what it was called, yes. Thank you. And uh, came out as now... He's resurrected as the same guy. He's broken Bray or something. And, well, they didn't... Yeah. Maybe we'll get some more on Raw tomorrow. Uh, I would I would assume so. But Matt Hardy, in the end, thanks to Bray Wyatt, wins the Andre the Giant M- Memorial Battle Royal. That was wonderful. 
It was wonderful. Yes. Uh, Cruiserweight Championship, also on the pre-show. Yes. Cedric Alexander, Mustafa Ali. Uh, general thoughts on this one? Uh, overall, good. I think um, maybe it took a little bit to get going for what I look for in a Cruiserweight type of match. You know, I'm still I'm an older gentleman, and I have fond memories of the WCW-type Cruiserweight matches where it just kind of balls out from the get-go. Um, the WWE cruiserweight style is still more of a storytelling type pace, and um, I think overall it was really good. I think um, you know maybe a couple too many elbows right at the end there from Cedric, but overall I enjoyed it a lot. And Cedric Alexander did end up winning the cruiserweight championship. Uh, I have a question for you. Yes. More body slams tonight or Spanish flies? <laughs> Two in this match alone. Yes. Uh, what was the over-under for Spanish Flies in Vegas tonight? <laughs> I don't know. You chose the over. You won some good money, I bet. <laughs> so from there, before we went to the final match on the pre-show, what about the interview in the crowd with John Cena? Let's mention <laughs> John Cena started the show sitting in the crowd and with a, a beer. He's a fan, just like everybody else, like, like you said. Yeah, with the beer in hand, just enjoying sitting next to a, a pregnant lady. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, a bunch of his closest friends. Uh, yes. But the interview. Confidants. Yes, with the interview with uh, Charlie Caruso was, <laughs> speaking of awkward. Cena was like, he said his piece, and then he was like, trying to end it and charlie just kept standing there with the microphone right in his face camera was not cutting <laughs> he was just awkwardly like all right yep we'll turn the camera around look at the ring i'm just yep <laughs> it was as awkward as this is right now me talking yes. this segment they have never uh when talking to these people when training these people to interview they've never discussed follow-up questions it seems like oh, no, it's no. always the one question then the person talks and it's over right it's so just, the follow-up question isn't part of their reper repertoire yeah. rep they, they didn't go to the mean gene school where they can guide somebody no. through through something and get where you wanted to go it's just there's the one question i know i'm supposed to say and then i don't even listen i just kind of tune out to whatever the guy says and all right then they walk off it. and you stand there awkwardly like <laughs> nodding your head for yep. 10 seconds all right so that was awkward and uh, the awkwardness continues, I think, with the Women's WrestleMania Battle Royal. Yes, that's that's the name for it. <laughs> the beginning of the, the match. Women's Battle Royal. Yeah. The, First ever, they say. <laughs> when, when's the last one they did? They did the Women's Battle Royal at past WrestleMania. Women's Battle Royal, yeah. Was it 23, I think, or something like that? I don't, I don't remember exactly what WrestleMania it was, but this was definitely not the first Women's Battle Royal at a WrestleMania. And they started with, uh, like... A very awkward start where they would continually have someone in the middle and then they would be surrounded. And yes, who was the, fir the first one in the middle was... Um, oh, I don't even remember. I, I, can't, I remember the second one was Dana Brooke. For some reason, I can't remember who the first one was. And the third was the NXT girls. Yeah, there was a bunch, a big contingent yeah. of NXT in there. Yeah, a lot of new girls, new faces that we've never seen before. But uh, the, it all in the end, it came down to what we thought... Bailey and Sasha Banks. Yes, and you were like, oh, I never could have saw this coming. <laughs> so Bailey eliminated uh, Sasha. Yes. Big win for Bailey, right? No. What? No. Naomi apparently was not eliminated when she ended up on the floor. Neither was Naomi. Naomi. Naomi? <laughs> Naomi. You say Naomi, I say Naomi, or but reverse that. At some point in time, 
she must have been thrown through the middle or she snuck out underneath the ropes. And uh, unbeknownst to us, she was still part of the Women's Battle Royal. And, of course, she dumps Bailey and takes home that very strange-looking trophy. Thrown-together trophy when they had to scrap the fabulous <laughs> moolah one that they probably spent a lot of time and money on. They melted it down like the urn <laughs> by Mr. Hughes. And then, you know, woman's match, she cried when she won. Of course. Yep. Of course. So let's move on to the main show quickly. Here we go. The main show started with a nice rendition of America the Beautiful. By who? Uh, I wrote down... The future of music. <laughs> yes. They've been called the future of music. I wrote down Haley and Brianna, but that's completely not their names. <laughs> I have no idea what their names Sounds are. Sounds right to me. But they are with the future music, so I'm sure we'll learn it down the line. Right. Uh, okay. The first matchup on the official card for WrestleMania 34, Intercontinental Championship on the line, Seth Rollins. A white walker. Seth Rollins. Yes, that's a Game of Thrones reference. For those for those like three people that listen to this podcast that doesn't watch Game of Thrones, Seth Rollins was a White Walker, and it was so awesome. He had like blue contacts. Yes, and they had like a a ice theme to his yep, to his whole, entrance. Yeah, the exact opposite of his flame entrance last year. Oh. I was so mad that he took those contacts out to wrestle in though. Well, you know, it's it's uh, could be. Cumbersome, if that's the right word. It's not. But anyway, The Miz came out second. The champion came out second, which is a little weird. Yes. And, and he had a, I guess, Cam Zagami on Twitter said it was like a Naruto-type outfit. Pardon? Naruto. It's a uh, Japanese cartoon. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm just going off of what Cam Zagami said. And he would know. He was on Fox. <laughs> Anybody watch that? No. All okay. right, moving on. So the Miz sends the Miz to the back. He's going to do this on his own. Tonight's his night. And the final entrant, of course, is the non-demon Finn Balor. A little disappointed that there was not a demon entrance here at a WrestleMania. But he was uh, assisted by members of the LGBT community, apparently. We're assuming. Yes. I mean, they're all wearing the you know the Balor rainbow Balor Club. Everyone. Yep. Yeah. So... That was that. Yeah, I mean, they didn't tease the demon at all. I wasn't really expecting it. Yeah, I wasn't expecting him either. I just it would have been awesome if he was there. But at the same time, I like that they're going to save the demon for more personal issues and when it's needed and necessary rather than just every big event. Right. So uh, they're all three in there, of course. Uh, one of the big spots was Miz getting the figure four on Finn. And Seth Rollins come out, comes out the top rope with a frog splash that on Miz. That was awesome. And the way they shoot it, you know, uh, Malonis noted that WWE is awesome the way they do um, the camera angles and stuff when you don't really see things watching it on TV until like last second when things happen. Like it, that was really awesomely done. Right. They're very good at that stuff. I uh, want to talk about the breakneck pace of this match because these guys just went and went and went. And there was no downtime whatsoever for this opening contest. They just went balls to the wall from beginning to end. Yeah, I mean, it helps that there's three guys to, uh, you know, keep Yeah, but I think, up. at the very least, two out of the three guys could have went that speed the whole time just on their own. Yeah. Uh, They're in tremendous physical condition. They are. That, that, that I cannot dispute. Uh, at one point, there is a buckle bomb and then a top rope superplex by Seth Rollins. And then... Uh, 
he attempted the Falcon's Arrow, and but was instead was small packaged small by Finn package. Balor. And you commented that it was a very tight small package. It was very tight, very snug small package. <laughs> a finish that they used a couple weeks ago on Raw. So they teased that uh, yeah. from a couple Te- weeks ago. Yeah. Bring it back, you know, a little callback action. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. That was good. Kick uh, out near fall, very good. Yes. Uh, so they bulldog off the top by Miz on Seth. It was kind of a bulldog, kind of the uh, final... The skull-crushing, skull-crushing finale. finale. I wanted to say final call, but that's... Uh, well, anything that's you could say is better na- is a better name for the finisher than skull, the skull-crushing skull finale. 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 Go for the cover. So, yeah, as he goes for the cover, Finn Balor comes off the top rope with the coup de gras onto Miz's back to break it up. Or the coup de gras, as one of the commentators said this evening. They've gone back and forth on uh, yeah, and how to say that. It's like they don't understand. They don't know what to say. Uh, so they, another coup de gras from Finn Balor. Then Seth runs in, hits the curb stomp on Finn into Miz's back. Yep. It was uh, yeah, modified. For, yeah, it was modified. Modification. There's some modification there. And then another curb stomp on Finn Balor. And Seth Rollins wins this match, takes the Intercontinental Championship, much to the chagrin of uh, your friend and mine, the Kingpin Brian Malonis. Because he does not like <laughs> anybody who's ever won the top title in the promotion to, in his eyes, take a step backwards and win what he considers a secondary championship. Yeah, it's a ludicrous thought and a ludicrous, you know way of thinking uh from a ludicrous gentleman yes very much so any type of gold is better than zero gold at all i say yes i would say that as well i mean come on it's uh, going to the pay window you get a little extra cash in your in your uh, purse there uh so from there they have a a commercial for the documentary for andre the giant which is coming this tuesday Tuesday, yes on hbo i'm very excited looking forward to that very much so uh well do you have to miss smackdown to watch it uh, I will watch that on my DVR when I get home from training at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. There you go. I'll also watch the fourth episode of Roseanne. Oh, boy. <laughs> Anyprowrestling.com for the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. Yes. If you want to go to the same place that Sasha Banks trained. Yes. Which a lot of uh, females are these days, it seems like. a lot of female like. talent right now. Yeah, it's very exciting. That's great. And uh, speaking of female talent... Next up is the SmackDown Women's Championship. Oh, wow. It was the second match, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was All very right. early on. Trip down memory lane here. Charlotte. What an entrance. I loved this entrance. It was a callback to two separate big entrances that affected her life in many ways, I'm sure. Tell me. Her father, Ric Flair, at the very first Starcade. Yeah, he uh, it started out as uh, 2001 Space Odyssey music. Yep. And it had like just her silhouette and the spotlight and stuff, which smoke, is, yeah. And then it kind of transformed into the Triple H entrance, where her, Sasha and Alexa were with Triple H when he was on the throne and stuff. And she had three gladiators with her. Yes, it's pretty badass. That was a pretty badass entrance, I would say. Some more callbacks. Some more callbacks. And then Oscar came out, did her thing. It wasn't quite as uh, elaborate. How do you feel about the um? The awesome graphics that we get to see at home on the screen that the people in the arena didn't get to see. Yeah, that's something that's... I tried to figure out how to explain. It's tough. It's like uh, 3D on your screen where it, it can zoom around and it, it changes angles. But yeah, it's it's something just for the people watching at home, yeah, not something people, for the arena. People in the audience didn't get to see that. Unless... You know, unless, <laughs> unless just technology is just yeah. advanced to that point. Uh, 
But yeah, I mean, the, yeah, so there was a little bit added oomph to right. Asuka's entrance. It wasn't quite all the theatrics that Charlotte got, but, um, you know, it's... The big thing about Asuka's entrance that I always wonder is, how does that mask stay on her face? And you had an interesting theory. I think that there's something on there uh, on the mouth part that she holds it in her mouth. Okay, that's I mean that's that's a solid theory. Either that or there's two prong, two uh, prongs that stick up her nose. <laughs> so one or the other. What about that double sided like uh, tape there? Double sided tape they, they use to like keep their gear on. Keep so the the no, uh, the no boobs. Knee zips, lizips. <laughs> could be it as well. I'm gonna stick with the thing with the the mouth that, though. That's a solid idea though. I could probably uh, ask around about that. Maybe we'll find out. All right. Okay. Next week. It's always been a mystery to me. It is a mystery. Uh, but evolution is as well. So <laughs> I was going to say it. But. <laughs> okay. So this is when I got my Chinese food. My Chinese food was delivered. Yes. By one Ray Diorio. So what, I, what did you order? I ordered, oh, oh what was it? Uh, letter, letter D. Yes. I think, right? Seven Wait, you, times, you tell me. Seven times you asked me if that was the correct thing to order. A letter D. Yes. A letter D. Chicken fingers, <laughs> uh, boneless sparrows, beef teriyaki, and rice. Yes, pork fried rice. And then, and then, and then Ray called it in and made sure to say, "Oh, hold on, just one second. What letter is it again?" <laughs> <laughs> Make me so angry, you two. <laughs> Ask me like thirty times. Oh my god, it was, it was good though. There's plenty left over. Yeah, you're gonna take it home with you. I'll I take it home. It I'll here. take it home, but I mean, but I had to have to start a diet tomorrow. I don't know how it's gonna. <laughs> go across uh so this match there's a moonsault by charlotte of course uh, asuka catches her in a submission which is a, a pretty cool spot she just uh landed right between her legs and then just wrapped her right up and uh another big spot was asuka suplexing charlotte off the apron that off was the apron to the floor the, floor. the unforgiving floor that was good and here's where we got our third Spanish fly of the evening. We did. I wasn't sure. Uh, the way she kind of hooked her arm and she'd been working on her arm earlier in the night, I thought she was going to go for that like jumping arm breaker where you take the right. back bump off the second top rope. But no, it was a Spanish fly. And she almost fly. slipped at one point. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, that definitely threw me for a loop. And it looked, because I thought it was the jumping back bump and it turned into the Spanish fly, it looked way more dangerous to me. <laughs> thinking one thing and another thing completely happening, but it was it was perfect. It was it was really very 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 well done. Very very very. Yeah, that's a lot of varies. I was gonna stumble up my words, so I just threw a couple <laughs> extra varies in there, so I didn't stumble. Well done, because then uh, it's less editing for me. So uh, there was a, another submission by Asuka, and it transitioned into a figure four attempt by Charlotte, but Asuka kicks her way out of it, and then an Asuka lock is attempted. But doesn't connect. Charlotte hits a spear. Then the Great fig- spear. Yes, and then the figure eight. The one-armed figure eight. Yes, because the arm was being worked on the entire right. match by Asuka. And Asuka, in the figure eight, surprisingly, shockingly to me, submits. She did. Very surprised about that. Um, totally okay with the outcome. I thought it was a great match. And, you know, when you listen to the, some of the people like... Um, Kevin Sullivan and stuff talk back about Goldberg back in the day. Like, you just, the right thing to do was just have him get beat at some point in time. You can't just always be perfect. And I think they did the right thing with Asuka just having her get beat. I think they could have gone to like another 
year. I think maybe For what though? Like what, at that point in time, who is actually left? You're gonna keep bringing new people up to face her, or somebody that she's already beaten at that point in time? I just think uh, what they got, they got upset because they're they had the mixed match challenge, and oh, we have to put her over in that. She can't lose in that, and er, there's so much TV time to fill. I think that they were just tired of trying to find ways for Oscar to win. I think this was the. I think this was the right time and the right opponent for her to lose to. Uh, I think they could have uh, taken a little, little longer. I thought Ronda Rousey would be the one to beat Asuka. How long do you think it's going to be for? She's ready for singles matches, though. Next WrestleMania. Okay, so you're going to hold it up for a whole another year? Yes! Holy jeez. Streak! People love a streak! They do. Go and streak in. <laughs> so you told me. You whispered to me. Uh, after the loop. <laughs> after this match, Brian, you whispered to me. You said, New Orleans is where streaks go to die. Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. New and Orleans. That's where streaks go to die. Undertaker against Brock Lesnar. And now Asuka against Charlotte. Very astute on your part. Thank you. Uh, so Charlotte was ready for Asuka, is what Asuka That's said on the microphone. Said, yes. And they had a nice hug and uh, they had a little celebration there. And this point... Very nice moment. Yes. At this point, a referee ran through the crowd to... Jump the barricade. Yes, to John Cena, who is seated with his beer, with his pregnant lady. Well, I don't think it's his pregnant lady, but... A pregnant lady sitting next to him, yes. And uh, whispered something to him, and uh, John Cena jumped to attention. Eyes bugged out of his head, jumped to attention, jumped right back over the barricade, ran right up the aisle, passed Charlotte, and right into the back. And we'll see where that goes, folks. I wonder. Hmm, from here, it's the United States Championship. Bobby Roode out first to the old uh, glorious music. Got the old glorious entrance. Doing his thing. Rusev out next. Aiden English sings him out, of it course. Was, so Aiden English yes. comes out for this with a shaved head. Right. Earlier in the night in the, uh, in the Honor of the Giant Battle Royal, he had a full head of hair. That's what I'm told. He, in between the two things, he shaved his head. Why not? It's like Macho Man. He came out in a different robe each time. I mean, I guess that's true. Different hairstyle each time you see it in English. Very unique. It is very unique. Well done. More power to him. It's like a little uh, Easter egg. Yeah. It's fun. Yes. Jinder Mahal was out third, introduced by <laughs> Sunil Singh, I believe is the gentleman's name. Looking fantastic. Jinder Mahal? He was... Ripped as hell. Jack to the gills. Yes. So vascular. Uh, Rusev looked great too, by the way. His yes. traps were huge. He was looking a little leaner than normal. On the mania diet. Oh my goodness. You gotta be. Uh, and finally, out last, of course, is the United States champion at this time, Randy Orton. Not wearing the title around his waist, and it makes me so angry. Are you more mad about that or the fact that the snake didn't... Uh, <laughs> Come back this year to follow into the ring. I was upset that the snake wasn't there in the IOA, but I mean, it'd have to be a smaller version of it, considering the entranceway was half the length this year compared to last year. It'd be a smaller sperm. Come on. <laughs> so this matchup, I don't have a lot of notes here because um, you were eating your Chinese food. I was eating my Chinese food, and this match I, I, I wasn't uh, yeah wasn't wasn't feeling the love it with was, these gentlemen uh, here it's i don't know none of these guys are bad none of these guys are good um 
Rusev is over like crazy. Randy Orton is still Randy Orton, you know, hasn't really changed or done anything new or different in the last 15 years. Bobby Roode's good, but I don't, I'm not digging him as a baby face. And Jinder Mahal's a great heel, which I guess is, you know, good reason for him to go over, I guess. Yes. Rusev probably should have got over. Probably. He was so over with this crowd. Well, Orton hit uh, JBDDT, was ready for an RKO, but then an English ran in. He took an RKO. Then Rusev took an RKO. Then Mahal took an RKO. Where did they come from? Out of nowhere. Oh. So then Rusev uh, misses Mahal uh, when Sunil Singh is on the apron. Mrs. Mahal was there? (laughs) She was probably backstage or in the crowd watching. Oh. But uh, he avoided Jinder Mahal and ended up hitting Singh, who was standing on the apron with a kick. Right off the apron. And then uh, he turns around right into the Cobra Clutch Slam of Jinder Mahal. Was this after he tried to throw the kick to Jinder Mahal and still slap this thigh when Jinder Mahal ducked? Yes. Yeah. Great spot. (laughs) So that is how Jinder Mahal got the win and the United States Championship. So... La di da. His reign of terror over the United States begins. <laughs> well, I guess he's going to be the champion going into the big show coming up. Another man taking a step down. <laughs> yeah, he's fit to be tied, the Kingpin was <laughs> after this one. So from here, we went to the mixed tag team match pretty early in the show. I was surprised. I was surprised as well. And I got to be honest with you, going into this match, I wasn't expecting a whole lot out of this match. I mean, Angle is a shell of his former self, a broken down man. Stephanie McMahon is not a wrestler. Yeah. And Ronda Rousey in her very first professional wrestling match. Um, you know, I, I really didn't expect this to be great. But this was a spectacle. This was probably my favorite match of the evening. And it's all started with the entrance. <laughs> yes! Your favorite entrance uh, participant of all time, what? Triple, Triple H. H. Look at the history of Triple H's WrestleMania entrances, <sighs> and they're the best. They're something, all right. They are awesome. Well, uh, I know our friend Ray was very excited about this entrance because as soon as Stephanie got up in the apron with Triple H, <laughs> both of them waiting he was, Ray was he was yelling, please, 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 please spit, spit, <laughs> please spit, please spit with Triple H. And she spits. She did. she did. First time Ray's probably ever begged someone to spit, right? <laughs> uh, huh? Hey, uh, So. <laughs> Just turn on the Krusty the Clown there. <laughs> hey, kids. Uh, laser. There's a lot of lasers this evening as well. There were. Once people got to the ring, there was a lot of. Uh, Not a lot of people, but the certain ones. And Triple H definitely had one with the awesome green lasers. Yeah. Uh, so then from there, it was Kurt Angle out. And yep. what about his posture you and uh, the Kingpin commented on? <laughs> He's, uh, he has, like, because how broken and stuff he is, his posture is so oddly straight up and down. There's like, you know, it's just so weird. I said it reminds me of the way Scotty Slade kind of walks a little <laughs> bit, too. Um, and then Ronda Rousey is out wearing a... Uh, <laughs> 
She came out wearing a plaid skirt, right? Ray laughing at her. Why? I don't know. It's kind of like a schoolgirl outfit. He was, yeah, he was really uh, praying, hoping and praying that she would fail tonight. She looked really nice on that entrance, I'll tell you that much. You're supposed to uh, correct me and say that was a kilt, by the way. <laughs> I mean, are you supposed to say that even if it's a girl, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's okay it was, if she wears a skirt. It was a, it was a tribute to Roddy Roddy Piper, right. of course. Yes, she was, was wearing Roddy Roddy Piper's uh, jacket leather jacket. Yeah. Uh, so Drake Younger, well, he was known as a wrestler as Drake Younger, was yeah. the referee for this one. I was very excited. Normally NXT's uh, lead official, I would say, right yep. now. Yep. And you theorized the reason why he hasn't had a match on, on Raw or SmackDown, and he right. is refereeing this match at WrestleMania. Yeah, I assumed it's because when they were going over things down at the Performance Center, he was the guy there with them. I mean, that'd be my assumption. So it's probably best to keep him there with them so we can relay any information and spots and whatnot that they have. Yeah, it makes sense to me completely. Uh, so... Right before the match begins, or as the match begins, Stephanie gets in a couple cheap shots on Rousey. Oh, yeah. And then, pull the hair bump. Yeah, and then, of course, runs away, and the ref you know, pulls her back and stops her from getting at Ronda, uh, uh, to get Stephanie, I should say. Uh, so that was kind of the story of the match, uh, the obvious story that you know keeps Steph away from At least Ronda. at the beginning, yeah. That's, yeah. that's kind of what we assumed it was going to be like heading in. But boy, were we wrong. <laughs> so uh, there was a long tease uh, for getting Rhonda in there. She didn't get in there till the hot tag. And finally, Kurt Angle, the longest delay to get to that hot tag with... Uh, he had that mitten on his hand again, right? <laughs> he did have that mitten. I don't know. What, what is the, the deal with American that? mitten. <laughs> <laughs> the star-spangled mitten. He only had it on one hand this time, other than like the Survivor Series when he had it on both. But yeah, it was something. And he finally, finally, he tags in Ronda Rousey. She uh, pulls Steph in the ring by her hair and uh, a flurry of punches in the corner. Yes, yeah, started wailing on her. Uh, she looked awesome. Had that one awesome punch to the, the stomach, stomach right yeah. at the end. <laughs> Just dropped her like a ton of bricks. And uh, there was a throw by Ronda at one point that I was writing and I didn't see, but it got a big reaction in the it room. It was really weird looking. The way she kind of grabbed her and the way Stephanie kind of posted oddly and just like threw her over her head and she landed awkwardly kind of on her stomach, kind of on her shoulder and stuff. It looked really odd. Uh, not anything I'd ever seen before. And Ray was like, oh, she'll have some weird judo name for that thing tomorrow. <laughs> Wish Ray was here to actually be able to say all these stuff. But well, you know, Ray shows up late, leaves early. Yeah, that's the kind of the deal with him. Uh, still hasn't been on the show after many times saying he would be. But anyway, the arm bar, of course, is the big thing teased by Ronda Rousey. Stephanie blocked that arm bar numerous times. Well versed in her jujitsu. And yeah, did fared a lot better than many MMA fighters. Very true. Uh, so yeah, Steph blocking it constantly. There's an eye rake at one point on on Ronda. Oh yeah, that's right. Thumb right into the eye. Great heat too from the crowd on that. Yeah, and uh, Steph ended up hitting a DDT and a surfboard. Uh, a surfboard. A surfboard by Steph. Yeah, she had her. Well, no, the surfboard is when you put the feet behind the thighs and you grab the arms and you lift them up above your head. This was um. I know what you're talking about. The one foot between the shoulder blades while just holding the yeah. arms, right? Surfboard. I don't think that's what I call it. I forget what that's called, but it's definitely not a surfboard. You're a trainer. You don't know what it's called? I don't remember what that is called. But it's not a surfboard, you're saying. Tweet us. 
At WPAN. <laughs> Thank you. Or at X Brian X Fury X. Yes. The worst Twitter handle in the history of tweeters. Uh, so the big snap Simone drop she hits. Ronda it's Rousey like a, does. Yeah, it's like a little bit of a spin with it too. It's yeah. Like a, it's, it's, it's grown on me from the first time she hit it. And that was a big false because Drake is pulled from the ring. The referee pulled out of the ring by Triple H oh, at that yes. point. I'm glad you took notes because I remember some of the stuff, but I don't remember it spot by spot. Yeah, that was awesome. So, uh, and then Triple H pulls Ronda out of the ring. And then, like, yeah, definitely like just her. dumps her on the, yeah, onto the uh, mats on the outside. But then Angle comes in and gets, uh, gets into it with Triple H on the floor. There's a whole deal with the announced table. Uh, Angle is on the table. He sets up Triple H, toss, but the Triple H tosses him off, and he kind of rolls off the Spanish announced table. And the Spanish announcer, <laughs> you really enjoyed this, just li- does a flying leap over the barricade. Jumps over to avoid the barricade it. into the crowd. So amazing. He wanted nothing to do with that. So uh, from there, uh, it's Triple H and Ronda in the ring together. The ref tries to stop this from happening because it's supposed to be the girls and the girls, right, the yeah. guys and the guys. There be rules, nothing intergender. But then Triple H takes the ref, puts him in the corner, you know, pats him on the head, says he'll take care of it, and then Ronda lights him up with Man, punches. The Triple H's selling was so fantastic during this segment. Didn't it didn't put her on comical for you? No, I thought it was great. Okay, I thought it was great just putting her over because she was going to town, like laying everything in, rights and left, some kicks. It was it was awesome. So then, when we're sitting here, then she, <laughs> then oh, she gets Triple H up on her shoulders. Oh, like she was gonna do the Simone drop to him too. That that was awesome because that was when she did. He hooked her for like the pedigree, right? Right. Is that when he tripped? She tripped the leg and like and rolled she rolled through, through and, and right up. Oh, that up was awesome. Yeah, ended up with him on her bat on her shoulders, and then Steph pulls him off. Then the chase is on around the ring. Ron ends up eating the post at some point in the ring. Kurt Angle's hitting a couple belly to bellies. Then German suplexes, you know, one, two, three on a, you know, a, a few of them on Triple H. And the, you know, finishes back and forth by. Tried uh, the ankle lock a couple times and just right. couldn't seem to get it on right for some reason. And finally, Kurt Angle hits an ankle slam and there's a kick out. Uh, Steph is in. She ends up in the ankle lock herself. Uh, a pedigree, and then Ronda is in with the save, and then sh- Triple H goes to the pedigree on Ronda Rousey, but then ends up going into a power bomb position. Oh, into the Ronda, yeah. Then Ronda, yeah, Hurricane Ronda is out of it into an armbar on Triple H. Then Steph comes in with a rear naked choke to break that up. Steph then puts her on the mat, uh, or Steph gets put on the mat, I should say, armbar. While Triple H is being put at the ankle lock. Yeah, this is where you definitely think, like, all right, what a great finish. You know, both people in there in the finish, and they're stopping each other from tapping out and stuff. And then that wasn't the finish. The match went on for a little bit longer after that. It was fantastic. Yeah. It, uh, totally worked me. Yeah, Triple H ended up uh, flipping out of the ankle lock. Oh, yeah. And, and, and angle, angle like, went into Rousey. Smothered Rousey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then both Angle and Rousey get posted into opposite corners. And uh, both Triple H and Steph go for... Triple H goes, ah, let's do the pedigree. Yeah, they're doing double pedigrees. But Triple H gets dumped to the floor by Angle. And then Steph uh, ends up uh, ending up in the arm bar. And she's blocking it. She's blocking it. But then Ronda slowly yep. pulls the arm, the uh, hands she apart. Like got her head up and through. And then switches to the other arm and like 
one big awesome like layback like snap type thing stephanie tapping immediately it was very 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 well done match uh lots of ups and downs quite a few times where it looked like like okay that would be the finish in a very overbooked match and it ended up not being and it was it was fantastic I, i i loved every second of this match and you're saying this is probably your match of the night? I think overall, beginning to end, this was the match of the night, yes. Yeah, Ronda Rousey, very good debut. Uh, she did everything she had to do, and she did everything she had to do very well. Much different than all of her interview segments leading up to this. <laughs> all right, we'll see what goes on with uh, where they go with Ronda starting tomorrow on Raw, or tonight, I should say, if you're listening to this on Monday. From there, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships... The New Day's out first. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> Do we want to talk about their entrance? No, yeah, we can. Yes. So they, they had more of those graphics. Those those three D graphics. Yeah, yeah for people at home and some pancakes and stuff. And then we thought that was gonna be it. Like, okay, it was neat. Yeah, and then uh, Xavier does the big uh, the trombone. Wah, wah, wah. And then out comes. Little people as pancakes. Or as uh, Brian Malonis said, some short stacks. Yes. <laughs> Just little people, you know, little people. And they're wearing pancake outfits. Are you, are you not allowed to say midget? Is that bad no, that, word? Yeah, that's, that's bad. Okay. Uh, I'll bleep that. No, I won't. Will they? Okay. <laughs> then just little people dressed as three stack pancakes. Leading them down the ring. And they all dance around the ring. They end up doing the worm. One of them did the worm on the way out. One of them apparently hit their knee on the steps and was like limping and stuff on the way out of the ring. A little person hurt himself doing the worm, yes. And he was (laughs) limping away. (laughs) He earned his payday tonight, folks. He earned his payday. So that was the New Day's entrance. And then... Jimmy and Jay Uso come out. They are the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. And the Bludgeon Brothers, Harper and Rowan, round out this triple threat tag team match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. So far, have any champions come out last yet? I don't think so. This is very weird. Like, The Miz came out in the middle. Jimmy and Jay Uso came out in the middle. Charlotte it's, came out first. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's weird, wild stuff. Oh, so, Randy Orton came out last. He did, yes. You are correct about that. Uh, Kofi Kingston and Big E were the tag team combination for the New Day. I think, I, mean, I know you have notes there, but from memory, this match was like 90% Bludgeon Brothers. Like, it was. Just dominating both teams. Aside from, there's a Trouble in Paradise at the Bell uh, on, I believe, one of the Usos. Yep. And yeah, Bludgeon Brothers pull them out, pulls Kofi out of the ring, pulls everybody out of the ring. They're wreaking havoc on the floor, taking out everybody else they really just dominated there was like a brief comeback by the usos where there was you know they hit a bunch of super kicks there was a splash out the top at one point but it was mostly bludgeon brothers there is a power bomb off the middle rope by harper on kofi kingston for the three count the bludgeon brothers are your new smackdown tag team champions total domination i mean I'm I'm kind of bummed out that it took like a repackaging for these guys to kind of get this type of push and whatnot. I've always been a huge Luke Harper fan. I think he's awesome. Um, that little run he had as a singles guy was fantastic, and uh, I think he he's really really good. Um, 
but even though they did get repackaged, I'm just happy that they're finally getting the type of push that I feel like like they deserve. So uh, from there, we hear John Cena's music. Yes. He comes out. He is in gear, as Tarzan said, which is a really gear. Tarzan was here, folks, the uh, guy who was on last week with <laughs> us. He has some things I'll probably talk about a little later on to say. But, uh, yeah, he uh, John Cena in gear now. He was pumped, yes. He was ready. Ran right down to the ring. Referee in the ring. And then another referee comes out once John Cena gets to the ring and tells him something, and John Cena is not happy. <sighs> Poor guy all bummed out. So Hangs his head, starts walking up the aisle. Then the lights go out. And I sat up. You did sit up. Edge of your seat. Very excited. And then... The strum of the guitar. (laughs) And major, major heat. The people did not like this. Elias comes out. And, I mean, he's very over. But the people, you know, they want to see Taker. So this was a great spot for him. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, a great spot for Elias to be in. A lot of heat. Sang a good little tune. This is one of the worst songs that he's had in a while, actually. <laughs> well, he did said uh, John Cena sucks because he's like all of you. <laughs> what a line. <laughs> so Cena, after that one, he couldn't stand it anymore. He no. That was the last drop for him. And he hits his entire comeback Yep. on uh, Elias. Elias, after those couple tackles, still tried to punch John Cena. He, you can't. Don't throw the line. Don't throw the line. Don't throw the line. I say it every time. But they always throw it. Yep. Cena always ducks. We find out later why uh, Cena did all this stuff right here and now to Elias. Because it didn't happen later. Yeah. <laughs> so after this whole little sequence, Cena's music hits and he's disappointed. That was it. Yep. That's his WrestleMania moment this year. And he starts walking up the aisle again. Gets way further up the aisle this time. And the lights go out again. What? And then a spotlight shines in the ring. And the Undertaker's hat and coat from last year are back in the ring. Yes, they were. And then what happens? A bolt of lightning! (laughs) A bolt of lightning! (laughs) Like my sound effects? That's That's me, guys. That's not not an actual bolt of lightning. No, I I, I didn't do that in post because there's no time because it's (laughs) 1 o'clock in the morning already. Uh, So it was struck by lightning and then it's gone. There is no longer a hat, no longer a coat in the ring. See, now, this is where I was like, okay, the Undertaker's hat and coat are in the ring because the dead man is dead and gone. We're gonna finally see the return of the American badass, Kid Rock. No, no, no. You done it now. Well, I mean, that would have been great, too. Make a big mistake. But yeah, everyone was predicting the American Badass. Uh, it would have been so awesome. <laughs> it would have been so awesome. But no, instead we hear the gong and the Undertaker. We're just we're both gonna do sound effects for the rest of the night, folks. <laughs> and the Undertaker rises from hell, just as he descended to hell last year. Yes. He rises through the uh stage. Was it symbolic? <laughs> it certainly was. And uh, you said at this point, maybe he's here just to explain his Raw promo yes. from January. <laughs> That's what I was hoping for. Maybe he was going to clarify whatever he said on uh, that 
25th anniversary of Raw. He doesn't know. <laughs> There's no way he knows. So this this uh, is a match. The, they get in the ring. The bell rings. The Undertaker starts hot. But how does he look in comparison to last year, do you think? Well, he's a little soft. He's a little older. Um, you, just about a year older, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, I noticed he's always been beat up for the last couple of years. But his just his walk to the ring, you can see his limp, his hip and stuff. And normally he hides that very well, even you know once he's out in front of the people. But it was it was noticeable uh, as soon as he started walking to the ring. And then when he was in the ring, you know, running, doing the the snake eyes and the splashes and the buckle and stuff, you could see it. Like he's this has to be it for him. I mean, I know we said that before, but the way this match went and everything, like this has to be it for him. He did old school. He did. You were surprised by that. He did a couple things that I uh, hadn't seen in a little while. But the best spot of the match, well, first of all, a big move from the Undertaker was complete like grazed. air ball. He grazed him. Yeah. Grazed him. <laughs> didn't quite uh, I theorized connect. that the type of worker that John Cena is, he didn't want to run in full force to uh, Undertaker's boot and possibly cause uh, damage to Undertaker's hip. So he kind of he put his hands up, and I don't think he didn't hit, even hit the hands. <laughs> no, he totally whipped it. <laughs> Cena totally bumped early. Something I would yell at my students at for mercilessly if they ever did that uh, in class. I don't think Undertaker or John Cena is going to get that kind of uh, no. tongue lashing. Nope, not from anybody in the company. No. So uh, Cena starts his little comeback, tries to do the you can't see me. Undertaker sits up. Cena bounces, comes back off the ropes and just great sell on that. Yeah, just like falls a, backwards. Yeah, and uh, just dead falls in his tracks. His ass, scoots away like like a horror movie. So then he comes back to the uh, center of the ring, runs into the choke slam by the Undertaker. Tombstone pile driver. One, two, three. And that's it. Emphatically, the Undertaker wins the match. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. This was a fitting way for Undertaker to end his career against a great opponent that is 100%, you know, doing the honors for him. And a guy like Cena, like the track record he, that he has had, and for people that want to judge him for whatever reason, like, I'm sure he had a big part in this. Like, let Taker go out the right way. I'll do the honors for him in friggin' three minutes. Doesn't really matter. Like, it's not going to hurt him any. It's only going to help Undertaker, and it's a great way for him to end and go out. So who do you think uh, wanted this additional match after what happened last year? I think it was Undertaker saying, I don't want to go out like that. Do you think it was Vince saying, we can't have him go out like that? Um, I think Undertaker would have been fine not coming back at all. I think he was, you know, like, I think he was hurting going into that match last year, and obviously another year of wear and tear just from doing anything like it's gonna be more brutal on your body i I don't think it mattered to him i think vince might have wanted to help the legacy of of him uh, a little bit more but maybe not after all the stuff that they did with him like leaving everything in the ring i think cena himself might have pushed for this a lot if i had to guess i mean i really don't know but that'd be my guess so uh, I guess we'll have to see if that is that, and he is headlining the Hall of Fame Hall of Fame class next year. And speaking of which, the Hall of Fame induction inductees, I should say, were next. 
Each yeah. one were introduced except for Kid Rock, who was not there. Kind of a bummer, but uh, that I guess that's the reason the American Badass didn't show up. Correct. <laughs> Maybe. Probably they could have got WWE's favorite band, Limp Biscuit, to do Rolling. <laughs> they really could have. Uh, but not doing anything else, are they? I I think not. Uh, Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan, which I was frankly shocked that the baby baby faces were out first in this match. We found out why, though. Yes, because Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn uh, got in the ring, hit him from behind to start the match. Sons of bitches. Sons of bitches. So, nice reaction for Daniel Bryan. Nice? That's how you're going to describe that? It's a nice reaction. It was a fantastic reaction. Okay. Let's go with that, then. Everybody on their feet. Yes. Everybody part of the Yes Movement. How about yes. that little uh, video package they did at the, at the beginning? There? Yes. Did you enjoy that? Yes. I did as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, the yes, yes Movement, they did a little thing before. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of Showed cool. a lot of like videos from people all around the world that took part in the Yes Movement. It was pretty awesome. So, yes, the Yes Movement is uh, has descended upon the Superdome, and the Yes Movement... Uh, Took a hell of a kick to the face, like right at the uh, right, <laughs> right at the get go right here. Right at the beginning, there in the floor, and an apron power bomb. So Daniel Bryan was under the supervision of paramedics almost immediately in this match. Yeah. So Shane McMahon, the fighting McMahon that he is, said he's going to go it alone. Yes, he goes it alone, and he, he does well through a great barrage of punches, just like Ronda Rousey did earlier, except not quite as good at all yeah shane mcmahon always had a little little simba little punch problem (laughs) that's what you're gonna call it it's a little punch problem (laughs) so yeah shane did very well until they kind of kicked him right in the diverticulitis (laughs) right into his guts yeah (laughs) there's lots going on there he's apparently a a hernia as well that needs operating on yeah if we are to believe what they say he's just he's a mess so a lot of gut-centric offense from Kevin Owens in Series A in this match. Uh, of course, the I did big not see an abdominal stretch though. I'm a little upset about that. No, no, you didn't grind the elbow into the side. He really tapped out immediately. He probably would have. That is Poor a planning by Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. A big misstep on their part. Yes, uh, coast to coast Van Terminator. That's always part of Shane's repertoire. He would have missed if Sami Zayn wasn't sitting up trying to unhook his leg. Yes, because there was no. Uh, trash can or chair involved at this to time. To give him the extra couple inches to yes. make it all the way across the ring, yes. So, uh, big frog splash by Kevin Owens. This is when Tarzan said, you know what, I'm actually kind of coming around to Kevin Owens a little bit. <laughs> yeah, because he always hated him because he... Look at this fat loser wearing <laughs> swim trunks and a t-shirt and they're wrestling. And yeah, he had to admit that he's enjoying... What's uh, Kevin Owens does these yeah. days? So yes, can I just note right here, Please. real quick? Um, Tarzan actually watching wrestling on television again makes me very happy. Uh, Tarzan has a couple stepsons that uh, one of them is enjoying wrestling, and so now Tarzan watches it again with him, and he has an excuse to watch wrestling, and it's just it warms my hat, my heart for Tarzan to be back into wrestling and watching it and, and enjoying it. Enjoying? Is he enjoying it though? Well, I mean, the, the the one raw I was texting with him two weeks ago, there was like the first hour and a half there was 
like 12 minutes of wrestling and there was a bunch of promos getting ready for WrestleMania and segments and stuff. And Tarzan was like, do they ever wrestle on this fucking show? (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand. It's always been a lot of promos. I know, but he's been away for so long and only did some like indie shows where it's like the exact opposite, where it's like 90% wrestling and 10% promos that he was really thrown off for it. All right, so let's get back to this match. The frog splash hit by Kevin Owens. And who makes the save? Daniel Bryan. He leaps off of the stretcher he's being strapped to and gets back into the ring. There was a stretcher out there at one point. I don't know if you ever got yeah, strapped no, to he it. Was. I don't know if he was officially strapped in or not, but he made it just in a nick of time. So again, much like the mixed tag team match, they really milk that hot tag to Daniel Bryan. Yes, and this hot tag, when it finally happened was much different than I expected it to be. Yeah, usually he hops up the top rope and does like a drop kick. Every hot tag ever, the person gets in the ring and starts kicking ass. Right. But this, he was tagged. He totally he like, eyes them across the ring. He slowly soaked, enters yeah, the squared circle. in the moment, and the people were like coming with him. And it was really neat and different and unique, and, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it a lot, that the people really came with him, and it was it was awesome. And you could, you could see that there's some things that he has thought about and I think kind of modified about his game. For one, specifically the, you know, the dive to the outside that he yeah, usually does. Not the suicide dive. He did a, um, a baseball slide. Yeah, baseball slide drop kick. So uh, you he, were very scared when he did the top rope drop kick, though. Yes, he came down and on, then he sold it. And you, he and sold you his and head. Ben, who was sitting next to you, were like, "Oh, geez!" And he did the nip up, and I was like, "Look at you two, <laughs> a couple of max." <laughs> but yeah, once he got going, though, he started off really slow, really deliberate. But once he got going, he was running like a thousand miles an hour, faster than probably ever seen him the run spots, before. The spots, yeah, the, the run spots and the ropes were so awesome, just because. It was such a change of pace from a lot of the stuff tonight. He was just going full blast as fast as he can go with everything off the ropes, and it was awesome. So there was a, a top rope standing Hurricane Rana by, by Daniel Bryan at one point. Yeah, that, and, that looked really awesome. It looked really good. And he was getting ready to deliver the running knee, and Kevin Owens grabbed his leg. And while he's sitting there in the corner, Sammy hits him with a huluva kick once again. And a kick out by... Daniel Bryan, a pop-up powerbomb then from Kevin Owens and another kick out. So then it ends up with a Shane taking Owens out to the floor and that leaves Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan in the ring. The yes kicks, the running knee, the yes lock, During those the yes tap kicks, out. Ray had his line of the night. What's that? I can't believe Daniel Bryan's just going to come in here and steal Miz's moves. <laughs> well, he, he was his mentor yes. in NXT. <laughs> so, yes, the yes lock gets the tap out from Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon pick up the Duke in this one. The Duke. Yes, indeed. Speaking of which, I mean, I mean, it was awesome to see Daniel Bryan back in the ring, and it was great. Super emotional for him as he gave his wife a kiss after the match and stuff. Good thing he didn't get that kiss before the match. Would have ended in 18 seconds. Correct. Correct. Huh? I see what you did there. Yeah. WrestleMania callback. Thank you. Do you think we'll finally get a payoff to the Miz Daniel Bryan stuff that they did like two years ago and kind of continued over the years with nothing to 
go on. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, I think they'll probably try to heat that up again, maybe. Well, but they kind of turned Ms. Babyface on Raw last week. Well, they're on separate shows, too. Exactly. They never coexist. No, but they are doing co-branded pay-per-views now. All of them are co-branded, but it seems like they're going to keep everybody in their lane still. Except, yes. Except for... I don't know. There's only one time a year where the Raw and SmackDown <laughs> Superstars go head-to-head. When is that again? Survivor Series. Oh, it's Survivor Series now? Okay. So uh, after <laughs> after we leave that scene, Paige introduces a clip of her movie. Oh, my God. I watched this clip four times this weekend. The weird thing is, first of all, the clip of her introducing the clip, like it rolls for four seconds before she speaks. It was. And then when she did speak, it was a little awkward, I felt. Yeah. It was really strangely put together. And they go to this clip from the movie, which you really think is really true to what actually happened. That ha- I mean, that's exactly. I've been backstage at tv all the time and man i'm just like hey rock uh what's up and he just starts cutting a promo on me like hey blah 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 jaboni beating pie eating you know uh like takes 10 minutes out of his day just to do all this stuff for me no no it is it is the most ludicrous thing i have ever seen or heard of in my life and then Tarzan's like, this can't actually be a clip from the movie, can it? <laughs> and then Ray was questioning if Harry Potter was around when Paige was supposedly this young and whatever else. It was just, this whole clip was, it was bad the first time I started, I think during the Hall of Fame Friday night. It was terrible during NXT last night, and I started twice tonight. Didn't make you want to see the movie? It made me, like, I'm, I was intrigued by the movie prior to seeing this clip. And then after seeing it the fourth time, I don't care if I ever see this movie. Well, you saw the best part, I think. I mean, obviously. <laughs> obviously. So you were talking about Tarzan a second ago. He was not looking forward to this next matchup for the Raw Women's Championship. <laughs> no. No, he was not. It was Alexa Bliss who descended from the heavens. She's coming from the heavens. What is the, <laughs> what's the line again? She was... <laughs> She's 100 feet in the air. <laughs> so she came down on this little platform, and then Mickey James joined her, and of course, her opponent Mickey this James evening. James looked great. Uh, leather from head to toe. Oh, yeah. Oh. And Nia Jax, uh, speaking of outfits, was you her opponent. What's weird, Crockett, real quick? What's that? Um, we talk like, oh, Mickey James, like she's an older woman, blah, blah, blah. Like she was, you know, in the. And the diva way back when and so on and so forth and like she's like the elder statesman and i looked up on wikipedia um like last week or something like that because i was intrigued just to see just how old she was and she's my age she's <laughs> she's and i'm like oh all right like all these like the way she's spoken about is like she's an older woman or whatever like no she's my age so she's well, like seven uh, years younger than you you don't want to consider that maybe you're an older guy. Oh, gentleman? no, I, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm an older guy, especially for wrestling, which is, you know, why I, I, I stopped and stuff. But I mean, I don't can, like, she's like, AJ Styles is that age. Bobby Roode is older than her. Yeah. Nakamura is like her age or older than her. Right. But the, it's different with women, apparently. I, I mean, I guess. Yeah. But I was just shocked to realize, like, that she's really not that old. So, Nia Jax. That's all. That's all. Yes. I'll let you have that moment. She looks great for 
her age. She certainly does. And Nia Jax is showing a little skin. She had a lot of uh, see-through kind of mesh going on. Yep. Yep, she did. Yeah, I mean, more power to her, right? Yep. You all right? Yep. No, I'm fine. I mean, it was something. All right. You're okay? I'd like, I think Nia Jax is a pretty face. I don't think. All right. I'll I'll stop you right there. So Nia Jax attacks Mickey James before the bell, destroys her on the Dominates floor. Dominates her, just like a, like ten different moves from the outside. Yeah, just completely like you know does the old ragdoll thing into the. Uh, oh yeah, back and forth into the inside of the barricade. Yeah, so she was taken out of this. Fi- w- the final one was the Smo and drop on the outside, and the way Mickey James like like bent her leg and like sold like she was dead was awesome. And so that kind of leaves Nia Jax and Alexis, Alexa when the bell rings. So the weird press slam right from the start when Nia Jax got her up and then threw her and then she kind of landed on her like feet. Landed on her feet and collapsed. collapsed. And when she landed on her feet, it looked like super brutal and devastating because like she could have like, I don't know, blown both of her knees out and her hips and ankles and stuff rather than just taking like a face bump or a back bump. So, yeah, it was a little weird, but she ended up on the floor from that. She goes and grabs her championship, tries to walk away, and then Nia Jax cuts her off. And I kind of thought this was going to be kind of a short match, but then Alexa hit that thumb to the eye. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, they're going to get a little heat here. There's that, like, the knee drop thing, too, on the... um... Yeah, yeah, she went after the leg, uh, just went after the (laughs) knee. Got to chop that tree down. You do have to. Uh, There's a twisted bliss on the floor, which was uh, a sight to behold. Yeah. I almost thought for a second that the way that Naya bumped off of it, that she might have landed on Alexa's, like, ankles or foot. Uh, But, no, it it ended up being very nice. Very good. Nope. So there was a Nia Jax comeback, a lot of avalanches and such in the corners, but Alexa Bliss goes back to the eyes, and at this point, Brian Malonis was dangerously close to falling asleep. This man has been up since 5 o'clock a.m. Actually, no, because he didn't even go to sleep. No, he didn't go to sleep. His flight was 5 a.m. He didn't go to sleep at all after a gnaw lanes. Yeah, and uh, hopefully our friend got home okay, because Yeah, I I didn't get a text from him. Yeah, maybe you should check... Give him a quick text so we can update the people. Yeah, I'll I'll see what I can do. You do that. (laughs) I mean, at this point in time, if you didn't make it home, or if you didn't make it home, he's long asleep. So Nia Jax hits a Samoan drop off the second rope to secure the victory and the Raw Women's Championship. New champ, Nia Jax. That Samoan drop off the second rope was brutal. They had that super slow motion replay. Whew. Yeah, uh, and like, yeah, Alexa puts her arm down. I'm like, I always hate the Samoan drop because they always like to like put their arm down, like to brace their fall. Looks like they're gonna break. Yeah, their it's arm. a little weird, but I, you know, I don't think she put it down like in the manner that some people do. That are like weird to take in that bump. It was just that's a long way down. You're not really sure when the mat is coming if you're not looking at it and stuff. And it was just, yeah, it was it was harsh. So that was the finish, and then Tarzan said. If these two hug and cry, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm going to powerbomb Mason through this table. <laughs> then I'm out of here. That's what he said. Yeah. I didn't hear that part. Yep. So uh, our next matchup, we go from the Raw Women's Championship to the WWE Championship. Shinsuke Nakamura 
versus AJ Styles. One of the most highly anticipated matches of the evening and a match that gained you a lot of respect here on this podcast, right? It did because I said two years ago when this podcast first started that Shinsuke Nakamura would be main event to WrestleMania and theoretically... He main evented, I guess, WrestleMania. He was in the championship match. He won the Royal Rumble, which earned him the right to main event WrestleMania. But, I mean, he's in the third to last match. It's still, I mean, it's, 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 the Smackdown, I'll take it. The SmackDown main event, uh, it was, it was awesome. Like, it was, it was, it was great to see him grow in WWE at that speed and to, you know, make your prediction come true. So, uh, Nakamura's entrance. Was excellent. Uh, the they had the guitarist from Alice Cooper there, as well as um, a whole bunch of violin players, and then yes. a, a band, some drummers, and other things. It was pretty gosh darn awesome. His <laughs> entrance. Uh, he was doing some sick break dancing on the way down. Yes, he was. Uh, yeah, he's more Shinsuke than ever. And I would he say. got a laser show in the ring too. Yeah, who did? Well, not everybody, but he did. Didn't. He did. <laughs> would you call this entrance of the night? What would you say was your entrance of the night? Oh boy, um, entrance of the night. That's tough. That's tough. What yeah, they really the went all out this year. I, I mean, I, Seth Rollins as the White Walker was probably my favorite entrance of the evening. There wasn't much to it besides the. It didn't matter. It was, oh, okay. I mean, that, Excuse me. But there wasn't much to any of the. There wasn't like any huge. Ridiculous entrance this year, I don't think. And to me, uh, obviously being a Game of Thrones fanboy and stuff, and I just thought that it was really overall awesome. So uh, back to Nakamura. He makes his entrance. AJ makes his entrance. and They don't want none. They don't want none. It's a very simple entrance. He is the uh, WWE champion representing SmackDown. And we talked about this last week with Tarzan. Uh, someone pointed out, I believe it was you, that AJ Styles did not shave his armpits. <laughs> he did not. Where do you stand on armpit shaving? I still shave him to this day. Armpit hair is not good. It's gross. Okay. So wrestlers, you prefer them to uh, be bald under their arms? Of course. Okay. I mean, is like, that what you instruct people to do at the New England Processing Academy? Yeah, I try, it, it's, it's a... It's a hygiene thing. You know, if you're putting people in headlocks and different things like that, like that is not something I want like around my neck and head and stuff like that or just different things like that it's it's not yeah it's it's gross so aj is not uh brian fury approved in terms of his uh, underarms yeah i mean i mean they weren't huge big bushy things they were trimmed down but they were still there like come on it's wrestlemania <laughs> new gear shaved pits right yeah definitely all right so aj kicks shinsuke nakamura in the knee early on so that was kind of the basis for his offense most of the way here there's a calf crusher pretty early on it ends up getting reversed by nakamura into a triangle but uh aj kept going back to that knee there is a phenomenal phenomenal forearm and a kick out by shinsuke nakamura springboard 450 and nakamura got the knees up and through all this the crowd is what would you say tired tired or kind of not really into it maybe expecting something different i I mean i don't know look 
when wrestling starts at five o'clock and they're getting there at five o'clock. Not this, to mention, this is when probably ten thirty, close to eleven. When yeah, this is happening. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Plus, prob- some of them probably went to Access. Some of them were probably at NXT. Some of them maybe at Ring of Honor. Some of them maybe at a bunch of the other independent shows. At this point in time. Plus, you know, you're in New Orleans and people are going to be out drinking and stuff. These people are tired. Yeah. And it was a long evening and there's still more to come. But what's something that wake, woke us up a little bit here at the Brian Fury estate was the forearm exchange between Nakamura and Ooh, AJ. AJs were nice. They, They're they, making they, a little you noise. Could, you can hear those. A little pop. Uh, Nakamura's were solid, but not as solid as those ones AJ was laying in. Those were, yeah, those were snug. <laughs> They were. So AJ uh, gets kicked in the back of the head, or actually kneed in the back of the head by Nakamura, and there's a kick out there by oh, Shinsuke. Yeah, it, yeah, there was the Pele, right? And Nakamura was like wobbly, and then he kind of like did that knee to the back of the head, right? Is that Was that one? I think something like that. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was awesome. I love Nakamura's knees in that, the way he does them, because the way he extends his leg and stuff afterwards really makes it look like he's just driving right through the guy's head. It's awesome. So speaking of the knee, he goes for the Kinshasa here, but AJ rolls right through into the Styles Clash. One Styles Clash was teased earlier, I should say, but he goes right into the Styles Clash, hits it, one, two, three. That was it. There's only a couple of falses here. This match, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like anything spectacular or crazy either. Do you think they weren't given the time they needed or they I were think, told not to do all the kickouts and falses? I think they had enough time. I think, based on what happened afterwards, that they purposely didn't do a lot. Because they're going to go back to this. That's what I think. Yeah, this is the first of, of many more to come. After seeing um, you know, that angle, I definitely... that in, that That's what I went to immediately. But prior to that, I was like, well... Eh, it was okay. Right. Did you watch their match at Wrestle Kingdom? I did not. I've I I have watched their match at Wrestle Kingdom, and I can tell you it was a hundred times better than this match. Some of the the things they were doing towards the end were just ridiculous and amazing, and the segments and stuff were just awesome. And this match was nothing like that match. So this might be something maybe we'll see at SummerSlam or before then maybe, maybe. like the you know the big huge blow off. I don't know how how quickly they're gonna go back to it. Maybe backlash. I mean the way WWE works, who knows? Um, maybe backlash because who knows when they're gonna shake things up a bit. Yeah. Um. So maybe they want to do something with them again while they're still in the same brand, but I really don't know. Um, but I honestly think there's at least going to be one more at some point in time, and that's maybe they held some of their stuff off. I don't know. So the post-match angle was Shinsuke presenting the title to AJ, genuflecting on one knee, and then as AJ is in a false sense of security, ding! <laughs> hits him right in the ding-dong, <laughs> low blow, Brutal kicks to AJ after that, just kicking oh, him in the head. Those were awesome. So like this was like a complete different side of Nakamura, like laying his stuff in more than he did at any point in time throughout the match. But these kicks and stomps to the head and face were fucking brutal. And uh, he hits a Kinshasa on the floor. What do you think about this? Is I did not see them going in this direction. Shinsuke Nakamura is a heel. What? 
Do you think this is the right move? Or is I mean, it? Or is he a heel? Or is this just aggressive Shinsuke and maybe? No, I think it's gonna be a heel, and I think um, it's gonna work. The people were into him, but not into him as much as I think they were expecting or hoping. Um, the reactions for him are good, but not great. Um, very intrigued to see how it goes going forward it's hard to gauge things at wrestlemania because big angles or or things like that they're gonna get pops and people are gonna like it because of the amount of smart fans and stuff that are there but going forward it'll be hard to see it'll be interesting to see i mean like how it 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 goes going forward if they're gonna get if he's gonna get booed or if people are going to start to like him now more because he's a heel. Who knows? And if they start to like him more, maybe they'll go that route you just said. Like, oh, he's just being more aggressive. Yeah, this is like the the what they should have done with Roman Reigns. Where they turn him heel to get him more over as a babyface in the end. Perhaps. Yeah, well, that was a long discussion that we had here. Yeah, we'll get, we might get into that. Uh, we're, whoa, we're running long here. Anyway, on to the Raw Tag Team Championships. The Bar, Sheamus and Cesaro versus Braun Strowman, and we'll find out in just a second. First, Sheamus and Cesaro have a Mardi Gras entrance on a float. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> You're right. Maybe going back to the entrance thing you asked, this was one of my favorite ones. Not not, not, not the bar, though. Just Braun Strowman. Right, because uh, he's, they're on this float, and there's a bunch of people with, like, Giant paper mache heads. Yeah, the giant Mardi Gras heads. Yes, yeah, so they're dancing around I on the float. I said they looked like uh, giant versions of the puppets from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Basically, yeah. yeah. King Friday was up front, yep. front left there. Uh, so from there, they, Seamus and Cesaro do their regular entrance, head down to the ring. The float remains, however, as Braun Strowman comes out. And as he steps onto the float in front of him... He does the arm raise... All the people, all the big-headed paper mache people, run away frightened. They start like, like scattering, and one in particular, yes, holding the hands up on the cheeks and the face, like, oh my god, it was so awesome. So that might have been your entrance of the night. I, I found that entrance to be funnier than the little people dressed as pancakes. I enjoyed (laughs) them running away and scattering so much. So Braun says his partner isn't in the back, which (laughs) Malonis instantly deflated (laughs) because yes, there was, it was a rumor on point in time that maybe Hulk Hogan would be Braun Strowman's partner and Brian Malonis was holding out hope for that. Like there was no tomorrow because everyone knows here on the wrestling podcast about nothing. He is the original Hulkamaniac. The yes. kingpin Brian Malonis. Yes, he is. And he's holding out hope every single year. And he will continue to do so. And uh, maybe eventually his dream will come true. But not on this night, folks. Because night. Braun Strowman's tag team partner is not in the back. He's in the crowd. Um, so he walks through the crowd. Yep. And picks a random kid. Yes, he does. In a WrestleMania shirt. Thank goodness he's wearing a WrestleMania shirt. Thanks goodness he's wearing a brand. He's wearing the, uh, you know, he's branded. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people were wearing WrestleMania shirts and stuff there. Maybe a few. Yeah, maybe a few. So, he's Nicholas. Nicholas, that was his name. Little kid. 
He told Bronx just said, "Look, stand right there on the apron. I'll do the rest of the work." And uh, yeah, but he didn't grab the tag rope. What the fuck? <laughs> he didn't tell him to do that. He just listened to directions. Oh, okay. And uh, so the kid at one point, Bron's in trouble. Finally, he ends up in trouble, and. The kid reaches out for a tag. The crowd goes bananas. The crowd lost it. They love Nicholas. And then when the tag happened and he got into the ring, the place like exploded. But nothing happened. No, he thankfully. just turned around and tagged back out. Tag back out. I Braun, don't blame him. Braun hits the power slam, gets a three count. New tag team champions. Braun Strowman. And Nicholas. <laughs> now, uh, okay, let me give you a either or. Okay. Braun Strowman and Nicholas, Buff and Judy Bagwell. Who are worst tag team champions? Oh, Buff and Judy Bagwell, 100%. Okay. 100%. All right. You don't see anything wrong with Nicholas being a tag team champion? I didn't say I don't see anything wrong with it. It's not like this kid's going to go out on the road with him and show up night after night and defend these tag titles. Kid of school in the morning, I'm sure. Are you sure? I mean, I would assume so. Now, do we know? Well, actually, uh, Unless he lives in New Orleans, he's not going to be at school tomorrow. But, I mean, is he contractually obligated to uh, defend those tag titles going forward? Well, he has a verbal contract, I think, at this point, right? I assume so. He's holding the title. A lot of independent wrestlers on my Twitter were wondering if he submitted the proper blood work for the Louisiana State Athletic Commission. <laughs> I don't think he did. Well, maybe he did. Who knows? So, do we... We, we, we have heard from a little birdie yes that uh we know nicholas's deal we do he is seamus's son apparently apparently yes that is the inside scoop you're hearing here on the wrestling podcast about nothing but it's probably out somewhere i'm sure it'll be out at some point in time but yet uh, apparently nicholas is seamus's son so he turned on his own dad took the titles from his son own of uh yeah son of a seamus my goodness. Okay, finally, we hear it's, it's, it was about 11.30 when the WWE Universal Championship match got to the ring. Roman Reigns out first. His opponent, of course. Yeah. Brock Lesnar. I love Brock Lesnar so much. With Paul Heyman. And this is when the Roman Reigns debate raged on between... Uh, Essentially, Brian Malonis and our friend Ray, the Ray, if yes. you will. He was, uh, what was Ray saying? He was trying to say that you could put anybody else in this spot with Roman Reigns against Brock Lesnar and it'd be the same thing. And, and Roman's not over. And uh, he's been, you know, he's the old rhetoric. He's being shoved down everybody's throat and blah, 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 and doesn't deserve to be where he is and so on and so forth. And, Malonis and myself, actually. <coughs> Neither you. one of us could uh, disagree with him more. So that was a, a heated debate here that maybe I'll ask Brian Malonis about next week. But he was a little delirious, so maybe he didn't even know what he was arguing at this point. Yeah, he was he was sleepy. Yeah. But this was this for for like sixty percent of this match, that was an argument raging on because then, like, Julian said his piece, and Scotty was just kind of throwing jabs out there. Tarzan, I said a couple things. Uh, I think Susanna was chiming in, agreeing with whatever Julian was saying. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, and I think um, you know, the jury's out in this house, which to me proves my point. 
he gets great reactions and people will argue over him on a regular basis. Even us all close friends are sitting here arguing over him, which proves the point that people have an opinion about him one way or another, which makes him such a character and a draw. So uh, Roman Reigns uh, gets... A ticket to Suplex City pretty pretty early on. Yes, yes, he in did. this matchup, and Suplex but then he, City was originated against Roman Reigns. It was That's was what, it? that was the first time he said it. Yeah, and uh, so he went back there. He revisited did after he, establishing Suplex City, and a lot of Superman punches though in retaliation. Yeah, there was like four or five right, right towards the beginning too. Yes, there were uh, multiples. Uh, one off the steps on the floor as well. Uh, but he tries it once too often. No, and he gets he, uh, the one off the steps is when he got caught. Okay, he got caught and overhead belly to belly. Suplex. Yes, indeed. So how about when he suplexes and Brock does face first into the announce table? It looked like it was supposed to be another overhead belly to belly, but uh, Roman wasn't doing a front flip. He was just gonna jump straight head first into that table, and it looked pretty scary for a second. Yeah. So uh, a little bit later on. Brock gets posted and he gets speared onto an announce table. It doesn't break, but he goes over and lands in a chair and just kind of awkwardly yeah, kind of... Yeah, Roman kind of falls in between them. Yes. Mess of humanity. It is. A, it is. So uh, he back, back in the ring, Roman hits a Superman punch, two spears, but there's a kick out. Uh, then we go into F5 Mania. Yes, yes, we do. Literally five F5s. In a row? Almost. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. It was... One of them was through the German announce table. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because it was some, and then he kept kicking out, and they went to the floor, and he gave him another one through the table. Right. At, at the, the Right before he brought him out to the, the floor, Brock uh, exclaimed, Motherfucker! <laughs> yeah, they did the... The, the, the silence. The, the remove the sound from the network yes. for the second there when he yells it. So the fifth F5, another kick out, and that is when Brock got very upset. This, yeah, this is when... I, Took off the gloves. He starts taking the gloves off, and in my head I was kind of thinking it, and somebody else in the room said it, like, is he going to do what he did to uh, Randy Orton at the SummerSlam? And yeah. Sure enough, he did. He get, mounts him, lays in like four deadly elbows to the top of Roman's head and we're like that 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 did it we and got then, a gusher and then sure enough Roman was pouring blood yeah how weird is it they don't want you to cut yourself safely <laughs> but they allow hard way shots to the fucking head to get blood. Uh, only with one man, Brock Lesnar, because he's the most dangerous man in the world. But um, yeah. How strange of a policy is that? How backwards? Yeah, I mean, it's it's unique. And I can see why the... Because of how different and unique Brock Lesnar is and how he's been booked and whatnot, like, I can kind of see how they let him do it. But at the same time, like, it feels like it's so dangerous but I guess he's trained more than anybody else on how to do it, I, I I think, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's very, very weird. So Roman Reigns sees Red, literally, and it kind of fires him up. Man, he was, like, his whole face was 
covered. Crimson mask, if you yes, will. Yes, yes. So he hits two spears in a row on Brock Lesnar. Kick out. But then it's F5 number six. Yeah, caught him going for that last spear yes. after, after hitting the ropes like the two, three times. And one, two, three. Brock Lesnar, still your universal champion. It is a red herring once again, the whole I'm going to UFC. I stood right up on my feet. I was so pumped. I'm, I'm a I'm a huge Brock Lesnar mark, and uh, there's, there's, there's no denying that. But for him to retain the title and still be dominant and, and win like that, I was I was pumped. He's uh, you didn't expect it. No, I certainly did not. Which makes it like I love that when you don't really know for sure what's gonna happen. Uh, I I loved that 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 was the outcome, and it really really made me very happy. I even said though, even though the match kind of was eh overall. The finish really made it for me. Yeah, I was a guest on the podcast last week called Pop Culture Cosmos, and I said unequivocally, there's no way that WrestleMania isn't ending with Roman Reigns holding the Universal title above his head, but completely 100% wrong. Yep. You were. I certainly was. So that was the final scene. Brock Lesnar, well, the final scene actually was Roman Reigns kind of head hung low yeah they cut dragging back, his ass they cut back to him later yeah yeah they had a whole video package of everything that went on in mania and they came back to roman just kind of dragging his ass back to the locker room he uh you know said hi to his wife i think and yeah, I uh, assume so yeah his family members at ringside and just and that, that was, was it yep uh, can we talk about the um Pyro was back for Mania. That was very yes, nice. it was. Pyro was back. Oh, well, it's always there for Mania, right? Well, you, well, I mean, well, it hasn't. Pyro was cut out like in the middle of this past year, wasn't it? So obviously, it's always there for Mania. But you know, we have to we had to assume it was going to be there for Mania this year, and it was. It wasn't like in anything spades. crazy and extravagant. I don't think we used to. You know, now you're going to say in spades, <laughs> but I don't think it was anything like over the top like in years past. But there, it was definitely back, and it was awesome to kind of have it there and i think it did make it that much more special for having at, at wrestlemania so your overall thoughts on mania we talked about it you said uh what was the last great wrestlemania in your book what was the best one of all time you would say oh probably 17 okay so where does this rank the overall best one in comparison you know i gotta think this this is right up there this is this was a really 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 good wrestlemania again the length being the biggest downfall to it will i ever be able to watch the whole thing all over again i don't know just because of the length but there are matches that i'll definitely pick out and watch through again 100 percent. especially that mixed tag the opener triple threat i'd watch again Uh, charlotte and oscar i'm definitely gonna want to watch again um overall really fun mania no complaints at any point in time about anything nothing Overstated its welcome. Nothing was a stinker. Uh, it was it was enjoyable. I I it's it's in the upper tier of WrestleManias in my opinion. Just right now, off the top of my head. And we haven't talked about Takeover, which was a blowaway show. But would you say that it held up against Takeover NXT Takeover the previous night? I think they did the best possible job that they could following Takeover. Uh, it's a little different. Takeover is more story. Heavy, a lot of long-term things kind of paying off at this year's takeover. This year's takeover, you know, the the latest takeover, I guess. Yeah. But um, I think 
they both were great in their own way. I think Takeover has that old school type of feel to me where it's long term stories paying off and this didn't have such long term personal stories as much as shorter term ones and, and great angles and spots and stuff and, and the matches were really good. So WrestleMania thirty four is in the books. Brock Lesnar still your raw universal champion and AJ Styles still your SmackDown WWE champion. We'll see what goes on on Raw tonight, SmackDown tomorrow, and uh, where we go forward here after WrestleMania 34. The Raw after Mania is always awesome. So we'll have to check that out. You going to come over? No, I'm not going to make it. What about the SmackDown? Because uh, that's, that's the thing now, too, because it's live. The SmackDown after the Raw after the SmackDown after Mania. Yeah, yeah, the SmackDown after Mania is is the thing now too. Uh, starting what, last year because it was live. Well, it's almost two a.m. Uh, I had planned to do a promo about nothing, but uh, it's late. We don't. Have I'm going to say a promo about nothing is canceled this week. This is a special WrestleMania wrap up edition. We don't need a promo about nothing. We certainly don't. But I just want to say, uh, give us your feedback. Tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on this week's episode, your thoughts on our discussion about WrestleMania 34. Let us know what you thought out there. Use the hashtag WPAN or call the voicemail line 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. Call that voicemail line. Let us know what you thought about WrestleMania or anything that we're talking about here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Really quick before we go, booking the territory pro wrestling podcast. I have a good authority. I saw the picture actually that Mike Mills and Brian Malonis met in New Orleans. Yes, they did. I saw the picture myself. Uh, I don't know if they went out to lunch like they said they were going to, but they definitely got together. So we'll get the scoop next week from our friend, uh, the Kingpin. But check out, in the meantime, Booking the Territory. I'm sure they'll have plenty of stories this week on their Thursday show. They do ones on Sunday and on Thursday. MikeMills.Podbean.com, at BTT underscore podcast on Twitter for Booking the Territory. Check out their episodes twice a week and our friends at our vantage point check them out as well they are the retro wrestling podcast joe Morata and michael quinn they talk about old school wrestling every monday and so to go to ovppodcast.com that is their website to find more about our vantage point and of course greetings from allatown with peter winson he talks about one single episode of professional wrestling television each and every week and uh, puts it in the context of the time he talks about you know what he did in high school all this strange stuff but uh it's a very entertaining listen. He does it all by himself, all by his onesies. Check out Peter Winston's Greetings from Allentown. And finally, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with Jason Stewart and so many more stuff all week along on that feed. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast at Rundown Wrestling on Twitter. And uh, check out their feed and subscribe. But before we go, uh, Brian, let's find out what's going on in your life. But before we do that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean? BDARadio.com. What does BDA stand for? Bludgeons dominate again? <laughs> yes, Harper and Rowan had an amazing showing at WrestleMania. But you know what else is amazing? BDA Radio, the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news. They break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. Come inside my pain cave 
and I'll bludgeon you at BDARadio.com. Wow. That is a deep cut. If anyone knows what that song is all about, tweet me at the WPAN, and I will give you a special prize. Because that is, yeah, that is very obscure. Hopefully the prize isn't Michael Crockett coming to your house to enjoy wrestling with you because he will do the same thing that he did here. Leave a giant pile of crumbs on the floor <laughs> underneath where he's sitting. And just be a general nuisance. I apologize. <laughs> so uh, you are hitting highways and byways. Just crossing the New Hampshire line. I am. Applying uh, your trade as a wrestling promoter I these am. days. Yes. Uh, where are you going to be? Chaotic Wrestling is in Danvers, Massachusetts, Friday the 13th of Ooh. April, 2018. <laughs> Cold Fury Fallout. The main event, JT Dunn defense hit the Chaotic Wrestling Heavyweight Championship against Retro AG. Holy Moses. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, we also said earlier in the podcast, Brian Malonis will be there. Josh Briggs will be defending the Catholic Wrestling New England Championship. Main State Posse get a tag team title match against Killanova Inc. And much, much more to be announced. Get your tickets at CatholicWrestling.com. Visit us on Facebook.com slash Catholic Wrestling. Twitter, Catholic Wrestling. Leave off the last G for savings. Yes. But please uh, follow us and come to some events and, and enjoy yourself. And that is this Friday evening. Yes. Danvers, Massachusetts. The North Shore, if oh, you will. Correct. So go check out Chaotic Wrestling. And you are at X, Brian X, Fury X. Yes. And the school is at NE Wrestling, correct? Pro Wrestling. Oh, NE Pro Wrestling. Yep. And NEProWrestling.com for the very much out-of-date website. The website, yep. Everything you need to know is on there. You can email us from there. And any information you want to know, just send me a message and I'll let you know. And, of course, Chaotic Wrestling, chaoticwrestling.com, and all that good stuff. So make yeah. sure to support Brian Fury in his many business ventures. Very busy man these days, but I wouldn't want it any other way. There you go, buddy. Still and, making uh, time to come stay up late with you. Yes, yeah, so I got to freaking get out here and... Uh, Slap this all together. Oh, yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. Oh, brother. All right. We'll be back here next week. Well, I will. You probably won't be. Next Monday for episode 104 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Just like that. Just like that. Here it comes, 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 coming at you. All right. WrestleMania is over. We're on to the next. Uh, till next week. Gonna have ourselves a time. We are delirious. We did not sing bit. that song today like we said we were going <laughs> to. We sang it all night during Mania. I've already not forgotten on the it. podcast at all. Uh, so for the Kingpin, Brian Malonis, you are the firebrand, Brian Fury. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing.